You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome to an edition of the Evan Roberts Podcast I was hoping to do in late March But instead, there was this global pandemic. Things got pushed back. We thought it may never happen. But we are going to have a baseball season. And I bring back a man who did an okay job with his predictions last year. He didn't nail the World Series the way I did. And that, of course, is the world-famous J.J. After Dark, John Dostremski, as we make our 2020 MLB predictions. J.J., are you ready for this bizarre baseball season, baby? Well, Evan, I am beyond ready, number one. I was all fired up to do this podcast in mid-late March, and we know the world, and uh, 2020 had other plans, as they say, but I've had a little extra pep in my step all week, and now I feel like it's baseball season, you know? We're doing a podcast. I'm throwing in some over-under bets. Yankees and a Mets play in a few days, and it's games that count. Hallelujah. <laughs> I know. Dude, this has been, this is like the thing we never, we thought may never happen, you know? And that's why, at least for the first few days of the season, I'm going to cherish every moment, but then I'm going to start to get pissed off if Edwin Diaz is blowing saves. I'm going to oh, start I'm to get pissed, pissed off. pissed off game yeah. one. See, <laughs> I, I, it's amazing for you, it would take a couple of games. I, I'm going to be pissed off right out of the gate if my team loses a bad game. And look, Evan, at, at some point, Whenever you write your memoir, and I know you will because you're a historian and you're like the presidents, and you know maybe there'll be the Evan Roberts Library at some point. And whenever I write my book, this will be a chapter in our book where it's like WTF, basically. 2020, WTF, we did four months of radio, sports radio, without games being played. So yes, I'll cherish having it on, but you can best believe I'm going to get angry, I'm going to get ticked off, I may lose a better two, and away we go. Before we go through the divisions, make our predictions, World Series and all that, I gave this, the way I did this was the other day, I just jotted down, you know, first thing that comes to my mind, knowing teams' rosters and whatnot, who I think is going to make the playoffs. And then I started to give it more thought. I started to think this is very different on a lot of levels. And I'm not talking about the unpredictability of picking who's going to, you know, get a virus and miss two weeks, because that's just something you can't predict. But more the element of, These schedules are completely different. I mean, now you're looking at the National League East as all-encompassing. You're just playing your division, and you're just playing that other division in in interleague play. And I, I think that changes a lot of things, that you do have to factor in the strength of your division more so than ever. I know we have had an unbalanced schedule for a long time, so hey, if you're in the AL Central, you're still getting those 19 games against the Royals, 19 games against the Tigers, but this is even more extreme because... The Yankees aren't playing the Royals. The Yankees aren't playing the Houston Astros. So I started to kind of tweak my initial thoughts based on, hey, I got to factor in how important these divisions are. Did you factor that in a lot, a little bit, or not at all? Oh, I did. I'll give you a perfect example. 
The Mets play six games with the Yankees. The Nationals play six games with the Orioles. Now, I know the Mets have the Orioles for a couple of games. The Nationals are playing the Yankees for a couple of games. But when you consider, for example, just in the NL East, how close together the Nationals, the Mets, and the Phillies are as baseball teams. And I believe they are insanely close, those three. Yeah, scheduling can make a difference. Or, Evan, let's think about you know a team that can feast off of a weaker schedule. The American League Central has two teams that I think are going to stink. The Royals are going to stink. The Tigers are going to stink. From a wild card perspective, that could hurt one of the other teams in the East or maybe in the West because those teams in the Central can get fat. So, yes, you have to take the schedule into account, without a doubt. And I think it's a part of why the Mets are going to have such a challenge even making the playoffs because of how good the East is. But I think we did this last time. We start off out West, and then we slowly build up to what more people care about, which is the AL East and the National League East. Uh, So let's start off with the American League West because the Houston Astros may be, I don't know if there's any winner out of this whole thing. There's really no winner out of a 60-game season in a global pandemic. But the fact that the Astros are not going to have to face any of the heat that we all thought they were going to have to face, they were going to be a traveling roadshow where they were going to get booed in every single market. And look, they they may get plunked a lot. I actually watched a lot of the Astro-Royal game from Tuesday, and even though a bunch of Astros got hit, I never thought any of them was intentional. And I'm not sure that's going to be such a running theme throughout the season. I think the Astros are going to win the division. I'll start right there because, quite frankly, they're more talented than the Oakland A's. I think Texas has a chance to be sneaky good. The Angels are still going to be terrible. I don't care that they signed Anthony Rendon. I really don't. I think the Angels are still a team that finishes well under 500. I still believe that despite everything the Astros have gone through, and they lost Garrett Cole, which is obviously huge, talent-wise, they are still the best team in that American League West. And it's tough with these numbers. I have them a little bit over their over-under. I had their over-under at 36.5. I have them winning 37 games. So I have the Astros winning the West, the A's finishing in second, winning about 34 games. Texas being kind of in it. because the You know, one thing about the Texas Rangers, I don't know if you feel this way about them, they're not half bad, especially when you look at the year Mike Miner had last year and Lance Lynn. Those two guys were very solid. They had Corey Kluber. They have a decent lineup. I don't think they're going to win the division or make the playoffs, but I think they can be. I think they're better than the Angels and the Mariners. I think those are the two teams that finish at the bottom. I just don't think the Angels have enough pitching. I mean, even with Otani coming back, that's my biggest issue with them. So I got the Astros winning the AL West. Okay. I'm going with Oakland here. And it's not an anti Houston Astros pick. I think the Astros make the playoffs. I think the Astros will have that chip on their shoulder, and I think they'll be fine. And to your point, I think the fact that they're not going to be heckled and they're not going to have 20 reporters in their face every single game. They can do it on Zoom. They can check out. They can you know, have a drink if they need to. They could spit some tobacco or some flower seeds if they need to. And it's just not that same sort of scrutiny. I think they'll be fine. But Evan, I think Oakland is good. And I think Oakland is the sort of team that can flourish in a 60-game season. They get Manaya back for a full year. They get Frankie Montez back for a full year. And here's why I like Oakland. They are not afraid of playing the Astros. They played the Astros a ton last year, and they played them tough, and they played competitive games, and they were right there with them. I think Oakland is going to win this division. Call it a hunch. 
Call it a gut feel. I think there will be two playoff teams to come out of the AL West. And it's funny, I share similar thoughts to you regarding the Rangers. I think the Rangers, who if I remember last year, Evan, I had as an over, mm-hmm. their total was super low. There was like 74 and a half wins, and they went over that, and they took care of me, which 78. I was happy yep. about. Yep. Um, Lancelin was really good. Mike Miner was really good. Are they going to do that again? I'm not sure. Corey Kluber coming over. What does he have left in the tank? Not really sure. But they have a nice mix where, all right, if two or three of those guys pan out, lineup has a whole lot of power. Um, I think the Mariners are god-awful. I, I think the Mariners uh, yeah. are going to lose a boatload of games. <laughs> I agree. I'm not as down on the Angels as you are, but I'm not high on the Angels. I think the Angels are a middle-of-the-road team. The only reason I'm not, like, totally destroying the Angels this year, the Joe Madden effect. And I do believe for the Angels, Joe Madden going to California, loosey-goosey, having some fun, letting it rip a little bit, I think that can help them. But no, the two teams that are making a playoffs out of the AL West, Oakland and Houston, where we differ, I got Oakland winning the division. You know, it's funny you bring up the Joe Madden effect. That I think the Dusty Baker effect is also going to help Houston a lot. And that's that has nothing to do with October because Dusty Baker in October is very different than Dusty Baker during the regular season. But well, that's where I hope Dusty Baker helps out the Astros a lot, by the way. <laughs> no, I'm taking sure. on the Yankees. And I love Dusty. <laughs> I actually, it actually bothers me, Evan, that he got the Astros job because I've always liked him, and I've always thought in some ways he's gotten fair criticism. In other ways, he's gotten a raw deal. But I just like the man so much that it bothers me now. I got to root against him like crazy. Yeah, you know, it's funny. I'm uh, Obviously, I'm not rooting against the Astros for any reason other than the fact that there were a bunch of cheaters a couple of years ago. But I'm glad that Dusty got a job in which there's a really good chance that he can exercise those October demons because he's got a lot of them. I mean, it's not just the obvious ones like, let me give Russ Ortiz the baseball in Game Uh. 6 of the World Series after he pulled him. He managed, and this is one of the more underrated ones, he managed Cincinnati when they had a 2-0 lead on the Giants. Against the Giants 2012, right? (laughs) Right. And they had three straight games at home. So think about that. They have a 2-0 lead with... Three games in their own building, all they got to do is win one of them, and they advance to the NLCS. So he has a lot of kind of underrated. how about the Nationals in some of those series that were a disaster? Yeah, the Cubs, the Nationals. He's got a lot. And what I'm happy about for him is that there's a really good chance, whether I'm right or you're right, we both have him making the playoffs. And so at least there's that opportunity to exercise those demons. It's funny about Oakland. It's taken me a long time to actually start believing in them because even last year when they won last 97 year I didn't, games. Evan, listen, I was down on them last year, and it's funny. They caught fire in, like, July. And then all of a sudden it was like, wow, the A's are going to win a wild card again, aren't they? And that's exactly what happened. They were red hot in, the, in August. They played really well in September. But here's what I like about the A's in a 60-game season. Their bullpen is insanely but, Okay, deep. but let me question that, though. Okay, so Liam Hendricks, Yusermo Petit, guys like that, I don't know how good they are. Bro, they're good. Are, are they? Sooner or later, you got to a point, Evan, where you got to just call it what it is. They're good. Uh, they I don't have know. Figured, I don't know. know if it's spin rate. <laughs> I don't know if it's something in the water. I, but they have figured out how to maximize guys who were total stiffs elsewhere, and now all of a sudden they're good pitchers. I think it gets to a point when they do it consistently enough, 
Uh, you yeah, can't but, run away but from in, it fa- now. in fairness, Liam Hendricks did it for one year. I mean, he was average in 18. He was average in 17. Like, if, if, if he had done this two years in a row, I'd say, okay, maybe you're on to something. But look at Blake Trinan. I mean, Blake Trinan was unbelievable two years ago. And last year with the Oakland A's, he, he, was, he was terrible. And now, he, look, we'll see what he does in L.A. But in 2018, he was legitimate reliever Cy Young contender. That's how great he was. And then in 2019, he had a 5 ERA. And I'm not trying to rip Blake Trinan or even rip Liam Hendricks. I'm just saying most bullpen arms, most of them, not all of them, some you know are good. You know Aroldis Chapman is good. You know you know Zach Britton is good. You know Kenley Jansen is good. But there's a bunch of guys where they have really good years, and I don't know if they're going to do it again. I'm not but convinced. But Dennis Zigzag type guys, Evan. They'll go, all right, so maybe one or two of those guys don't pan uh-huh. out. Then two or three are going to pan out. That's, uh, Oakland has shown you that now. They have confidence in finding these relievers. All right, let's go to the National League West. Do you have the guts to pick against the Dodgers, or are you picking them to win the West? No, I I can't. Now, I will tell you this. I think the Dodgers losing Ryu and then Price opting out, and listen, I'm not the biggest David Price fan, although when he's playing the Yankees, I love him. He he could pitch against the Yankees any (laughs) day of the week. Um, But I think that could hurt them. Maybe come playoff time if one of these young arms does not step up. But their lineup is so deep. They have so many different answers. Now they go ahead and Mookie bets. Yeah, I'm not picking the Diamondbacks or the Padres or uh, the Colorado Rockies to win this division. The Dodgers will win this division. Look, I I think the Dodgers are going to win this division. The Dodgers and the Yankees, talent-wise, are the two best teams in baseball. It's not very close. But the Arizona Diamondbacks are sneaky, sneaky good. Now, they lost an arm due to the opt-out, Mike Leake, but they still have Madison Bumgarner, who I think is going to have a really good year this year. I think he actually wants to be in Arizona. It's a short season. We know what kind of bulldog he can be. I think Robbie Ray is close to being a free agent, if not a free agent at the end of the year. Zach Gallen was pretty impressive last year at times, and they've got themselves a pretty good lineup. I think the Diamondbacks could... Here's the way I would phrase it. The Dodgers are going to win the division. They're going to win the most games in the National League. And they'll be able to beat up on a terrible Giants team. A Padres team that I don't think is that good. They they seem to be kind of this hot, hey, they can surprise people contender. I think the Dodgers will be able to beat up on the Giants, beat up on the Padres, beat up on the Rockies. The Diamondbacks are good. And I think because of the bottom of the division being as weak as it is and the interleague schedule, I think the Diamondbacks have a legitimate chance to actually win the second most games in the National League just behind the Dodgers. I can see them winning 36 or 37 games because A, they're that good, and B, I think there's going to be enough lousy teams on their schedule, whether it's interleague with Seattle, interleague with Anaheim, the Giants, the Padres, where I think they're going to end up with a very high win total and make the postseason. So I like the Do- I'm, I'm with you on the Dodgers winning the division. It's it's tough to pick against them, but the Diamondbacks are they're very I think they're very good. I think they have a legitimate chance to go on a run once they're in October. Yeah, I think the Diamondbacks can play. I think you might be selling the Padres a little bit short. Now I'm not picking them to make the playoffs, um, but they have some elite players on that team, and, and I think Machado is going to be much better this year, and I think some of their young pitching because of the unknown like status of a 60-game season, it might catch some teams by surprise. I think the Padres are a little better than they were last year. I think Arizona's better than San Diego. Don't get me wrong on this, Evan. But I think the middle part of the division, the Giants are going to be one of the worst teams in baseball. They stink. Yes. I think Colorado, though, in a 60-game season, even with no pitching, is intriguing for this reason. They mash the cover off the baseball. 
You go to Coors Field, you're going to have to score some runs. Are the Rockies making the playoffs? No. Are the Rockies going to have a winning record? No. But I do believe those three teams will beat up on each other a little bit more than you think. Like, I don't, I for one would be surprised if Arizona is like running away from those other two teams. I think Arizona is maybe lumped in a little closer to those teams. So you've got L.A. winning the way. I got them, by the way, winning 40 games. I think their over-under is right around 37 and a half. I, that sounds about right. 40 games is good. I think so. The, the over-unders are so tricky because it's, it's a number that we're so not used to. I mean, we're talking about a baseball season, and, you know, what does 37 mean? What does 32 mean? It's, so, it's also so bunched together, too. Like, the, the difference between a 32-win year and a 37-win year it's just not that much. You know it's what I mean? Like it's games. I mean, normally when you have 162 games, mathematically speaking, you know, you, you can run through the numbers. You could have a bad two weeks. You could have a bad month and, and still hit your total. You have a bad month with these totals now. You're screwed. Oh, no and doubt. I'm not talking a 500. Uh, I'm talking if you have a month where you're five or six games under 500, you're finished. Yeah. I'm so curious because, you know, we, we have these historic runs that teams have gone on to start the year. You know, you think of 84 with the Tigers starting off 35-5. and five. Could you imagine if a team did that in a 60-game season? Like, got off to just one of those ridiculous historical starts. I don't know if it's going to happen in a year like this, but I don't know. It's just, it's so bizarre to think about all the possibilities. I, I don't think a, te- a guy's hitting 400 or anything like that. But you could see a team you know, get off to a ridiculously good start and end up putting up a win total that maybe we wouldn't expect. Not crazy. Now, did you see what the Vegas number was for the highest batting average this year? I didn't. I, I'm going to guess... I'm going to guess 370. You went too high. I guessed 355. And I saw it at like 357 on my offshore sports book. Okay. So I was right on the mark. I actually nailed it. I was shocked. I somebody asked me on the air what it was, and I took a guess and I ended up looking up online. Um, nobody's gonna sniff four hundred. No, nobody is. Look, I'd I, be shocked. When's the last time somebody did it over a sixty game span? Chipper Jones? No, I well, forget I I don't know if you want to go in any sixty game span. I was looking, I guess, a month ago at first sixty games of a season. Cause look, you can find sixty game clips and see how good someone was during that time. I was more looking at okay, to start a year sixty games in and the closest guy I came up with was actually Daniel Murphy in what should have been his MVP season in twenty sixteen. And I think he was around three ninety. So You've had guys put up a run like that, but I don't know if we've seen a guy hit 400 to start a year in a long time. I, I don't know. I, I it's it's weird. that kind of thing is weird to figure out because also the mindset's going to be different. Like as a player, you know, I only got 60 of these. You know, it's not that mindset of I've got a marathon no of the season. Bats. No lineups that you get day game after night game where half the team is out. No bueno. Well, Not in this climate. It's going to happen. <laughs> you now know I'll be yelling and screaming about it. No, I me too. All right, let's take a look at the AL Central. Uh, we, we obviously all agree that the Tigers and Royals are just going to be destroyed by everybody. I like the Indians to win this division. 
Um, I like the top of the rotation with Clevenger and Bieber and Carrasco. You know, Lindor's going to have a I huge I think he's just trying to suck up the churnoff, by the way. <laughs> no. I, I think that's why you're picking the Indians right now. I think you're trying to get on churnoff's good side. You, you know what? He's the, listening to this podcast, by the way. No, he doesn't was, even. Yeah, know. he actually doesn't even know what I have a podcast. What is this? What do you, what do, you do? A podcast? Can you save that okay. for the air, right? No, here's the real reason. It's, it's not kissing up about the Indians. It's. I just am not a believer in the Twins. Now, maybe I'm bitter against them because they see the New York Yankees and they just wilt. You know, whenever they see the Yankees, oh, I love they when melt. They play the Yankees. I, I want no, more. No, I, I get it. I more get it. the Twins. Any year, anytime, any place. But, I, but I'm being factual. Like, look at the Twins' rotation right now. Okay, look at it. Berrios is, fi- is fine. I put him to the side. He's, he's tremendous. Jake Odorizzi, Homer Bailey. Michael Pineda, who is the the Uber driver, uh, Dobnek, whatever his name is. I just don't think they're that good. And I didn't think, and, and JJ, I didn't think they were that good last year. I thought they did a great job taking advantage of the situation they were in. They were the worst 100 win, 101 win team I've ever seen. So it comes down to the fact that I think the Indians are better. And I think the White Sox are going to be good. I don't think they're necessarily ready to take the step of being better than the Indians. I have great respect for Terry Francona. He's the best manager in the business. And so it just comes down to talent. I think they're the best team in this division. And I have the White Sox finishing ahead of Minnesota because I do think they're going to take that big jump that a lot of people think. Um, but not enough to win this division. I mean, Luis Robert is probably going to win Rookie of the Year. We'll see about Nomal Marzara. I don't know if he's going to start the year playing, but I expect him to have a big bounce-back season. Uh, The rotation is solid. So I'm buying the White Sox hype that they'll be good and they'll be much improved and they'll be in a race, and I'm buying their hype enough in that they're going to finish ahead of Minnesota. The Twins are a third-place team. I agree with you that the Twins will finish in third place. I disagree with who I'm putting at the top of the division. I am all in on the Chicago White Sox. So I want to take you back to June of last year, Evan. All right. I was in Chicago when the Yankees took on the White Sox. And I'm there with Kate. I'm there with a buddy of mine, Sam Panionovich. And we watched a couple of the games. And Thursday, they came from behind and beat the Yankees. Got to Hap. Got to the bullpen. Friday, they smoked CC Sabathia. And I mean, they smoked CC Sabathia. And I'm watching Iwa Jimenez, and I'm watching Timmy Anderson, and I'm watching Johan Moncada, and I'm just going through all these young players, and I'm like, damn, I think next year the White Sox are going to be a problem. So sure enough, what do they do in the offseason? They go and they get Yasmani Grandal. They go and they get Edwin Encarnacion. Are they probably a pitcher short? They might be. They go and get a solid back-end guy at this point in Dallas Keuchel. I think the White Sox are going to mash people. I really do. I think they are one of those young, exciting teams. They might be a little ahead of schedule. They'll probably get humbled and embarrassed when they play in the postseason. But I think they're going to make some serious noise in 60 games. So I'm going with the White Sox one. And I'm with you with the Twins as far as this being a regression year. The pitching is very shaky. And if you notice, they've kind of been an every other year type of team. Yeah. And this would be... The bad year of the every other year. So I'm going White Sox, Indians, Twins. Very close race, but I'm going with the young, not the go-go Sox, but the power Sox. They got so much power they do. in the lineup, dude. It's scary. No, they, they have a tremendous lineup. I think ultimately why I would pick Cleveland over Chicago is just that pitching. I mean, you laid it out. 
Lucas Giolito had a very solid year last year. It felt like he became much more hittable in the second half of the year. Dallas Keuchel is a middle, back-of-the-rotation kind of guy. Dylan Cease needs to take a big step. And Gio Gonzalez is more of a middle-of-the-rotation, back-of-the-rotation guy. I just, I don't love their pitching. And I think it really comes down to that. I'm with you on their lineup. I mean, Jose Abreu is one of the more underrated guys in baseball. Just very quietly goes out and plays every day. Hits his 30 home runs, drives in a bunch of runs. Yoan Mankata's getting only better. Tim Anderson had a great year last year. And you mentioned what they did in the offseason. They had a very good offseason, and they were aggressive. And not only have they been aggressive in what they acquired, we've seen what they've tried to do. I mean, they tried to get Bryce Harper. They've been in on these big superstar players. Well, they were the highest bidder for Zach Willer. Yeah. Zach Willer didn't want to go there. Why? Well, it was like, no thanks. I left him out because I, I said superstars. You know. Yeah. But, hey, let's be fair <laughs> I know what you seven. mean, though. They need Zach Will. I'm yes. going to need Bryce Harper no, right now. No, you are right. They need pitching. I, look, I'd feel different about them if they added Zach Wheeler. I, I would, to, to their credit. I, I, I'm i with you and with everybody else because the White Sox kind of like that hot team. And I do think they're going to make that jump. And I, I don't know who benefits from a short season. I'm not sure if it's a young team. But if it is, hey, they qualify for it. Why the hell not? I just don't think they have enough pitching. And you'd agree. The Indian starting pitching is far superior to the oh, Chicago White Sox. The it's way Twins. better, but I think the White Sox lineup is way deeper than the Indian lineup. Oh, yeah, no doubt about that. Oh, I agree with you on that. I'm partial, though. You give me that pitching staff. Give me the team with the well, deep pitching weird. staff. Well, it's weird. Like, some of these teams, I think the pitching staff can carry them. And if the Indians had the bullpen they had a couple of years ago, where I had the utmost confidence, mm-hmm. that might propel them. Indian bullpen is still solid. It is not the bullpen, Evan, it was oh, with no. Miller and Shaw and Cody Allen and Joe Smith well, and all those guys don't run it out there. Because it's not the same. They're bu- and look, they, I think this is one of the more difficult things about making baseball predictions in general. A lot of it comes down to bullpens, and most of the time, it's a complete guess. I think that's what makes the Yankees so special, not to kiss your team's ass. The Yankees have guys in their bullpen that I don't worry about. They, because the back of their baseball card shows the consistency. So much throughout baseball, we talked about it with Oakland, is up and down, up and down, up and down. The Indians have one guy in their bullpen I trust, and Brad Hand. If I if I could even trust him. I mean, I, I trust him the most, I guess. That's the, the one common element when you look around baseball. There just aren't a lot of bullpens where you can look at it and say, hey, I'm confident they're going to be fine. The Yankees are one of the rare teams, to be honest with you. There aren't many teams outside of the Yankees where I look at their bullpen and say, I got nothing to worry about. Now, let me make something clear because I have a, an idea of what you're going to do in the National League Central. I want to make something very clear. For the audience, for those who heard the podcast last year, you know this. I... Love the Cincinnati Reds before you ever loved the Cincinnati Reds. Okay? That's fine. You were a year too early. That's not I was problem. a year too early. You were a year too early. So, listen, we can be a united front this year. You could hop on the bandwagon now. Um, no, no, I'm you're hopping on of, the bandwagon. I'm getting this out of the way now. They're winning the National League Central. Are you hopping on board? Yes. Oh, they're winning Let's the go. National League Central. I'm I like it. the sound of that. So we're united front on this. Completely, okay. completely united. And and the truth is, you are completely right in this regard. I was just way too early on Cincinnati because what they have done really since July of last year, including the Trevor Bauer trade, is they've gotten better. I mean, they were a team on the rise, but now... I don't have to sell you, and I don't have to sell a lot of people. Look at the top of the rotation, especially what your boy, your boy, Sonny Gray, was able to do upon going to Cincinnati. He was what you hoped he would be when you traded for him. So, look, I think the Central 
features four teams that are relatively close to each other in Cincinnati, St. Louis, Chicago, and Milwaukee. It's kind of kind of similar to the NL East in a way in which it's close. And, and look at the over-unders. The over-unders back it up. I mean, they're all pretty much kind of in that 31-32 range, if I'm not mistaken. But I love what Cincinnati was able to do. Um, I think Joey Votto is going to have a big bounce back season. But besides that, I mean, it's really kind of what I talked about with the starting pitching staff. Luis Castillo, Gray had a big year. Bauer's talking about how he wants to basically pitch every other day. And one of the most underrated players in baseball, Eugenio Suarez, who had 48 home runs last year and nobody paid attention. They are a very, and they had a Nicholas Castellanos, who basically nobody could get out after the Cubs acquired him. I think Castellanos and Moustakis, that's who right. is a gamer, who could play for me any day of the week and will bounce around the infield. Those are two guys that helped that team a ton, bro. And, and you you hit on it with Moustakis. He's going to play second base there. I mean, Suarez is mostly going to play third base. Who knows about the DH? But Moustakis, who's a gold-glove caliber third baseman, has shown you, hey, stick me anywhere, I'll go play. I think it's going to be a close race. I got the Reds winning 36 games and winning the Central, and then St. Louis kind of in a battle with them, finishing in second. Cubs third, the Brewers fourth, because I, I got to tell you, every year I marvel at what Craig Council does because I don't think they're any good. I don't think their starting pitching is that good, yet every year they seem to overachieve. Obviously, Yelich is one of the best players in baseball, but I have them kind of finishing right around 500. But I like the Reds winning the Central. I'm with you on the Reds. I have the Cardinals in second place. The Cardinals are one of those teams always with pedigree. They seem to find guys left and right. I mean, they do it every single yeah. year. It's amazing. Now, they haven't been great over the last, I don't know, five, six, seven years, but they don't bottom out. It's amazing, Evan. They do not bottom out. Tommy Edmond is the latest guy, by the way. He is like the latest Cardinal that, that everybody's going to yes. love to hate. Yes. Um, I got the Brewers in third, and the team that, to me, is going to regress a ton. I hated what I saw from the Chicago Cubs in the second half of last year. I think their pitching is not very good. I think their lineup, in some ways, guys are thinking about what their next move may be. Chris Bryant, Anthony Rizzo dealing with a bad back. That concerns me. And their bullpen is bad. So I have the Cubs finishing in fourth place in that division. I'm going Reds, Cardinals, Brewers, Cubs, and then the Pirates. I mean, you feel for them. They were good about five years ago, and now they're a total nightmare. <laughs> I know. They're awful. Yeah, and also, you know, you talk about Chicago, and they definitely fell off last year. We don't know what kind of manager David Ross is. I mean, I know he's loved in Chicago, but we don't know what kind of manager he truly is. And I was looking at this, and I know it's once there's a new CBA, but for the 21 into 22 offseason, think about this list of free agents, all from the Chicago Cubs. Anthony Rizzo, Chris Bryant, Javi Baez, Kyle Schwarber, and I think John Lester. Not that we should even include Lester in that list, but think about those position players that are all going to enter free agency at the exact same time. That's kind of crazy. Uh, your new owner, whoever it may be, is going to be opening up the checkbook for uh, one of those guys? Well, I, I'm assuming the checkbook will be open before that, you know, for Mookie Betts. You know. JT Riamuto. <laughs> JT Riamuto, exactly. No, I, I wasn't doing it to fantasize about Stevie Cohen. It's more that... Look, they won their championship, and I'm sure everybody's thrilled in Chicago. I agree with you. They're on this downward trajectory. I, I, their future is very murky, and it really is. And I, Isn't I, it amazing, Evan, when they won that World Series in 16, everybody looked at the Cubs and said, oh, they're going to be good for a long time. they got all this young talent. They're going to be here to stay. They made the playoffs in back-to-back -back years. They didn't really do much, and now 
you're probably looking at that core in some way being broken up. They'll keep at least two of those guys, I would say. Like, I, the Cubs have money. They're not going to let all those guys walk. But all three of those guys will not be Chicago Cubs. The, here, Bryant, Baez, Rizzo, at least one of those guys will be gone. I'm not, I, I'm not trying to predict, like, doom and gloom for the Yankees, but I think the Cubs are a cautionary tale. It's why, when you got a chance to win a World Series, go out and do it. Because... We all thought, and not just the Cubs, the Mets were part of that too. Oh, with the Met pitching and the Cub lineup, those two teams are going to dominate the National League for a while. And the Cubs certainly did it more than the Mets. I mean, no question. They made the playoffs three straight years, I think. They obviously won a World Series. I think they were in three straight LCSs, if memory serves correct. And the Mets, you know, flamed out basically after one year. I don't count the wild card game. It's just, no matter how good something looks on paper, you don't know what's going to happen. So... Look, knowing the Yankees, the Yankees will be good for the next decade. No, Aaron Judge will win five MVPs. I get that. But it, it's a cautionary tale. You don't know how long a run is going to last because you're right. I agree with you on how it feels right now about the Chicago Cubs. It just feels like, yeah, they had a nice run, but they're not what they used to be, and the team's probably going to be broken up relatively soon. Yeah, and one note on the Yankees, though. Having not just the judges of the world, the Glabers of the world, but being able to keep churning out players, that's how you stay good. Oh, yeah. I mean, when yeah. you replace, you know, a Ben Zobrist, you got somebody who could do the job just as well. You know what I mean? Like, that's the challenge for all of these teams in trying to stay good. Keep your core guys, but solely but surely, a guy here, a guy there. Not in free agency, but through your farm system, it makes a world of difference, dude. So, if, so, so far, just to recap, through the four divisions we've done, we've agreed on the first-place team in two of them, the L.A. Dodgers winning the NL West and the Cincinnati Reds winning the NL Central. But you got the White Sox in the AL Central. I have the Indians. You have the A's in the AL West. I have the Astros. Uh, let's do the AL East first because I do think that's the easiest one to do. Is there any part of you that thinks somebody will challenge the New York Yankees in the American League East? Is this going to be a, a nice, easy, stress-free 60-game run? What do you think? No, because I think Tampa Bay is a pain in the ass. And I say that as a compliment. They're tough. They got three unbelievable pitchers. They are incredibly resourceful. Um, they find guys out of nowhere. Like, I, I look at their lineup. Evan, let's be fair on this. You compare the lineup of the Rays and the lineup of the Yankees. They're not on the same night and day, but the Rays find ways. So do I think it will be a walk in the park? No. Do I think those games at Tropicana field will be easy? No. I think the Rays will challenge the Yankees for the final week, week and a half of the year, but ultimately the talent will win out. If this were 162 games, Evan, there would not be a doubt in my mind. The Yankees will win the division. Because over 162 games, their lineup, their resources, the guys they can plug and play with, it's going to overwhelm you. 60 games scares me a little bit. I think the Yankees will win the division, but I think it will be much closer than you think. I think the Yankees are going to run away with this division. I, I, I get what you're saying because we do have to give Tampa Bay a lot of credit. Kevin Cash has done a remarkable job down there. They overachieve just about every year. And they'll, they'll probably overachieve again, or, or they'll win the amount of games a lot of people think. I think their over-under is about 33-and-a-half. So could they go out and win 35 games? Absolutely. I, I completely agree. When you look at their roster and you look at the guys, the actual names we're talking about, it does not jump out at you. I mean, 
you know, G-Man Choi and uh, Brandon Lowe and Willie Adamas is not exactly yeah, jumping at it. Yes. No. And Austin Meadows may miss the beginning of the year, and he had a real breakout year last year. I also, look, sometimes a trade is made by the San Antonio Spurs, the New England Patriots, and I'm not comparing Tampa to them, but a trade is made by an organization like that, and our knee-jerk reaction is to say, ah, oh, they're so smart. They know what they're doing. I'm sorry, the Spurs didn't know what they were doing when they traded for DeMar DeRozan, and that's their return for Kawhi Leonard. They didn't, and history has shown that. I don't love what they did in the Tommy Pham trade. I'm sorry. I mean, I I looked at it. I know they're the Rays. Oh, they always figure it out. Did did that trade make them better? I don't think so. No, did. I didn't think so. And Tommy Pham killed the Yankees last year. He was such a pain in the neck yeah. to deal with. But... Would you be shocked if Hunter Renfro hit like 15 home runs but for you the ju- uh, Rays this but year? But you're falling into exactly what I'm saying. You're yeah, right. Evan, I've seen it far, Evan, <laughs> I've seen it far too many times. Doesn't mean I have to like the trade. Doesn't mean I have to agree with the trade. Tampa is one of those teams. Let me let me see Hunter Renfro flame out. Let me see Tommy Pham kill with the Padres. I think that the Orioles are going to be historically bad again, which has been proven by the fact their opening day starter is Tommy Malone. I think the Red Sox are going to be terrible. Okay, I, I don't think there's a middle ground on this, and I understand what they're doing, and they still have a good lineup. No, they, they absolutely do. I mean, Devers and Bogart and Benintendi and J.D., I totally get it, but their starting pitching is dog poo. I mean, there's no other way around it. Without Chris Sale, Nadia Valdi's their opening day starter. I think the Red Sox are going to be an under 500 team, partially because they got to play 10 games against the Yankees, and they have to play a bunch of games against the National League. So I definitely think Tampa Bay is going to finish in second. But I think the Yankees are going to win over 40 games. And I know their under, over-under is 37 and a half. And I know that 41 games is basically the equivalent of a 110-win season. So I know it's a lot. But I think the Yankees are that good. And look at the guys that won't even start for the Yankees. That, oh, that team would compete with the Talkman. Orioles. Talkman is starting for 80 to 85% of the teams in baseball. Andahar is probably starting for what? 90 to 95% of the yeah. other teams in baseball? And Quinn Frazier, you feel for the guy. Good luck trying to get an opportunity on this team. I mean, they just, they're loaded. And you never know, Evan, how it's going to shake out. Injuries, virus, who's in, who's out. But, yeah, their overall roster depth, if you were watching those exhibition games, it's like, wow, even on a day when they're putting, like, the C lineup out there, still pretty damn good. Well, I'm, I'm being dead serious. If you take the non-starters and you match them up against the Orioles, the Yankees are a better team. I, got I agree and, with that. I got Andujar in left. I got Talkman in center. I got Fla- Frazier in right. Great. I got Mike Ford at first base. I got Tyler Wade at second. Tyro Estrada at short. I'll even stick Matt Duffy at third. I could put Chris Iannetta behind the plate. Is that team really worse than what the Orioles have? And then I can build a rotation of Loisaga, Clark Schmidt, Davey Garcia, and Michael King. Like, I could put together a competitive team of Yankee backups. So if they do face the virus or injuries again, they're going to be fine. I think they're going to win this division going away. Hope you're right about that. I just think Tampa Bay is one of those teams over 60 games they can hang with the Yankees. They have a far better chance, Evan, of hanging around with the Yankees over 60 than they would over 162. Yeah, no, and I agree. I mean, that that is a fair point that the one thing about this season is it is allowing the teams that may not be quote-unquote as good to maybe win a division, sneak out a division because you are basing it on a smaller sample size. Uh, so quickly through the AL. And, and by the way, yeah. sorry to cut you no, off go here. Ahead. Go ahead. I love that you're on the same page with me with the Red Sox. 
The Red Sox are finishing in fourth place. I have Toronto totally agree. ahead of the Red Sox this year, and I'm all over the Red Sox under. I think it's 30 and a half wins. Yep. That is not a 500 team. I agree. I think they're a 26 and 34 team, and I, I really like the Blue Jays, and I was kind of toying with the idea of, hey, could they get one of these two wild card spots? What scared me off about them, it's not even the fact that they're probably playing games in Pittsburgh, because I don't think that's necessarily going to affect them. You know, for a lot of guys, they don't live in Toronto anyway. It's great. I'm in this beautiful stadium, whatever. A lot of it is, again, the strength of schedule. Now, we know the Red Sox and Orioles, or we both think the Red Sox and Orioles are going to be bad, but we just mentioned how good the Yankees and the Rays are. And then you deal with all those National League East games. So the schedule kind of scared me off. I like the veterans that they added to their rotation. They got a lot of young bats. You know, we were talking about the White Sox, now they can mash. Now, the Blue Jays have some very talented young bats. All the... uh the relatives of talented players, whether it's Biggio or Guerrero Jr., uh, Lourdes Goreal, Bo Bichette. Bo Bichette, yeah, that's another one. I mean, it's amazing. He's their best player, by the way. He's better than Vlad Jr. I don't agree with that. I think he is. I think he's a better player right now. Well, you think he's going to ultimately be the better player, or right, no, right now, now you take Right now he's a better player. So he will have a better offensive season in 2020 than Vlad Jr. I just think he can do more things. You know what I mean? Does that make sense? I yeah, feel well, like Vladdy Jr., is going to be a guy who just mashes, which is okay. Nothing wrong with that. <laughs> yeah. I, I, nothing wrong with that. Hitting bombs. Everybody loves bombs. But, like, Bobachek can do it all, dude. He's just, like, one of those, like, gamer, five-tool baseball-type players, Evan. I love his game. So who are, you know, obviously you've got the Yankees winning the East, the White Sox winning the Central, the A's winning the West. You're two wild-card teams in the AL at home. Okay. Um, and I think Toronto, by the way, is a year away. Okay. They just need more quality starting pitching. They're not quite there yet. Um, my wild card is going to be a rematch of the American League Division Series. It'll be the Houston Astros taking on the Tampa Bay Rays. All right. I like that. That's sexy. So I got Yankees, White Sox, A's, Astros, Rays. And so if, if, if I'm assuming correctly, because obviously I think you, you think the Yankees are going to have a hell of a year. That would match up the Yankees with the winner of that wild card game, which would be something Correct, else. which would be a very, very tough five-game series. <laughs> yes, it would. No doubt about it. You know how I did this? I, I wrote down how many wins I think each team would get, right? That's and, impressive. Wow. Well, you know what's funny? So for, to take everybody behind the curtain, so we were recording this after JJ's show. That's so right. I had dinner. I, Walked around outside a little bit, put my son to sleep. And then I had a fan. My, my wife was just passed out. You know, she's pregnant. She fell, she fell asleep. So I'm sitting there after I wrote down my predictions. And I said, you know what? I'm going to get a little nerdy now. More so than ever. I'm, I'm nerdy in general. But I got even nerdier. I wanted to make sure. You ready for this? That the win totals worked out based on the schedule. You know what I mean? So I didn't want to have too many wins if it wasn't mathematically possible considering you're only playing your division and the other division. Does that make sense what I did? No, listen, I, I totally get that logic. Um, and Took I, me I'm a half hour. Pass on this for this, I'm going to give you a pass for this reason. You haven't scored a game in like four months unless you <laughs> scored these. Did you score these exhibition games? Please tell me no. Of course I The Mets-Yankee games? Oh, jeez. F yeah. Why wouldn't I? I mean, how big of a pain in the ass was that? They're back nah, out of nah. order. They're doing this. They're well, doing that. God, Evan, God bless you. The, the Yankee-Philly game, which I didn't, would have been a pain in the ass because they did that. In the Met-Yankee game, there really there was nothing unorthodox other than the Yankees batting in the bottom of the ninth inning after they won. Uh, outside of that, 
They really didn't finagle it too much, but I missed it. I missed that that the action of putting my you pin needed down. The itch. Okay, you had to scratch the edge. Fair enough. And, and the Fair only re- the only reason I evened out the win totals is because literally I was killing time until your show was done so that we could do the prediction. So I figured I may as well do it. So what I did is I wrote down the win totals, made sure they were even, without like like I didn't say okay these are my five playoff teams. I wrote down the win totals and then said okay what did I come up with? You know what I mean? Totally get it. So and you don't want to contradict yourself here. And thinking, oh, you know, I'm going to have a win total here. I'm going to have a win total there. And then all of a sudden you're like, wow, that doesn't add up. It doesn't make sense. So see where you're going. based on that, obviously I got the Astros, the Indians, and the Yankees making the playoffs, which I get is sort of chalk, especially based on the last couple of years. My two wildcard teams are the Chicago White Sox and the Oakland Athletics. And Wow. So basically we have the same playoff teams with the exception of the Indians. Right, and we have them configured in different ways because the White Sox and the A's you have as division winners, I have them playing a wild card game. So it's similar but differences in terms of how they got there. Um, it, it was tough. It was tough keeping the Rays out, but you know what? I mentioned this to you before: the divisions and who you play is such a huge factor. So you think the Rays, by playing 10 with the Yankees and then playing the NL East, will hurt them? Yeah, no doubt. And look who the White Sox are playing, bro. They're playing 20 games against the Kansas City Royals and the Detroit Tigers and then a handful of games against the Pirates and then, to a lesser degree, teams that I think are going to end up mediocre in Milwaukee and Chicago. So that's different. I think the scheduling matters in a big-time way. So, and, and same thing with Oakland. I mean, think about who Oakland's playing. Oakland Anaheim. gets the Giants. Yeah. I, I think they get six games with the Giants. Yes. Because that's a natural rivalry. Correct. So, I've got the A's defeating the White Sox in the wild card game, and I've got the New York Yankees and the Houston Astros <laughs> in the American League Championship Series. And even wow, without yeah, a crowd, Fox that'll be good. And, or TBS, whoever's doing the ALCS, TBS this year, they'd be drooling over that possibility. Drooling. Well, you know what? To me right now, and I know anything could happen in the playoffs. We've known that forever. These are the two best teams in the American League. And I feel pretty comfortable about that. And, you know, I think the Yankees are better. I mean, obviously, they took Garrett Cole away. But I think, yeah, it'd be great for the TV networks. It would suck for Yankee fans in terms of you wouldn't be able to go to the ballpark and boo the crap out of them during the ALCS and oh, all that. Oh, I'd be heckling Alex Bregman for four games to three games. I'd be buying seats down to third baseline every game, Evan. <laughs> I'm be sure. well worth it. Because so, I can't stand Bregman. Oh, I can't stand him. He's my least favorite on that team. Hands that's down. That's the guy. So that's your poster boy that's of this That's my least favorite. A lot of people are going to tell you Altuve. For me, it's Alex Bregman. Because I think there's like this like cocky defiance about him that just rubs me the wrong he, way. And he's a damn good player. I don't acknowledge, you know, the lack of talent. There's right. a ton of talent with Alex Bregman. I just don't like the guy. You know That's who right. I, I – it's tough. If you almost pull a Yankee fan and say, okay, who do you hate the most? Sports hate the most on the Astros. You know who I would have nominated outside of Bregman and Altuve? It's different. But it's Verlander. Because you can get on him for the hypocrisy of, oh, he's so anti-steroids, yet the uh, sign-stealing, he didn't care. And he's been your enemy in more than one place. You, you didn't like him in Detroit. You had to deal with him in the playoffs multiple times in Detroit. And now he's been so good against you in Houston. I would think Verlander may top be the top guy. You know what's weird about Verlander, though? I felt like the Yankees had success against him. Maybe not from a team standpoint, but from an individual standpoint when he was with the Tigers. Then that dominance with the Astros continued. And 
the Yankees getting him in game five was very important to me. They, I'm, <laughs> even though you look back and they lost in like heartbreaking fashion, to finally break through against Verlander, the Astro, maybe it's weird. Maybe it's the idea of not seeing the Astros celebrate while I was at Yankee Stadium. I, I needed that, Evan. I needed I, that. I understand that. So your ALCS is Yankees against two. Okay. So I have the Astros beating the Rays in the wild card game. Right. Which will probably be a Charlie Morton, Justin Verlander classic. <laughs> I have the Yankees and the Oakland A's matching up in the American League right. Championship Series and the Yankees going to the World Series. How about that? All right. I, I mean, I, I know knew. I picked them last year to go to the World <laughs> Series. But listen, Evan, I, I don't want this to come across as like a biased pick. Listen, I hope it happens. I just think they're the most talented team in the American League. No, and oh, by the way, they had a Garrett Cole. You know, it's it's tough because every year when we make these picks, whether it's a 162 or even in this case it's a 60, I wrestle between do I just say here are the two best teams or do you get kind of cute with it? And, you know, it's funny. Last year I got cute with it and I got lucky in that it was the World Series. I picked the Astros against the Nationals. I don't think I got cute with the Astros. I got cute with the Nationals because I thought, hey, wouldn't it be fun? And I remember saying this to you on the podcast. Wouldn't it be amazing? You know, the Nationals get to the World Series. Bryce Harper is gone. It just, it makes so much sense. We love their pitching. It'll all work out. So I battle with that every year. Do you get cuter? You just pick the two best teams. I mean, the Yankees are the best team in the American League. I don't think there's anybody that's going to going to sit here and argue it. So if you pick against the Yankees, whether it's me, you, or anybody else, you're doing it under the guise of, hey, it's baseball. Something screwy is going to happen because they're the best team in the American League. They are the best team. Unfortunately, in a 60-game season, there are questions. In a pandemic, there are questions. Um, and I feel a lot better over 162, but hey, it is what it is. And hopefully it starts Thursday with Garrett Cole. And I don't want to be wrong on this prediction, Evan. I'm sick and <laughs> no, tired of picking no. the Yankees to go to the World Series and be wrong. So I, I hope I'm not wrong on this one. All right, let's get to what I actually think is the most interesting division in baseball. And I'm not saying that because I'm a Met fan. I truly think that you've got the defending champions, the two-time defending division champions, and then the Mets and the Phillies. And... You know, you can pick any of these four teams to win the National League East. I I think the Atlanta Braves are the team. Now, I am a little concerned about the fact that Mike Fultonevich was topping out at 89 miles an hour, and I am concerned about Cole Hamels being old and washed up. Now, I don't care about Felix Hernandez opting out. He stinks anyway. I think Soroka will build off the year he had last year, but their lineup, that's the thing. And I know they lost Josh Donaldson. I get all that. But they add Marcelo Zuna. Acuna's a superstar. They did lose Nick Markakis. They are going to have Freddie Freeman for the start of the year. And I think in a way, J.J., the Braves have been underrated because we forget that they've won the division the last two years. So I do think the Braves are going to win the National League East. I think, and this is the big takeaway I have about the East, I think the Nationals are going to have a very surprisingly bad year. While I love their starting pitching, who wouldn't? With Scherzer, Strasburg, and Corbin. I'm concerned that this is the year Max Scherzer really falls off. I thought he looked different in the second half of last year, especially when he started to have that back issue. We know about what they've lost in their lineup. Okay, Anthony Rendon not being there is a huge deal. They've had multiple guys opt out. And I wonder, in a year like this, after winning a world championship, I actually wonder about the whole motivation factor. So, and their bullpen, their bullpen sucked last year. Let's not forget that. Daniel Hudson basically rescued them. They added Will Harris, which is a nice move. He's also 36, 37 years old. I think the Nationals have the makings of having an under 500 season. 
And that's where I'm going to go. I think they're actually going to go 29 and 31. I think they are going to be baseball's big disappointment. So I think the Mets and the Phillies are going to kind of battle in that low 30s mark. The Phillies should be significantly better, not just with the offseason moves, but they have a much, they have a competent manager now, which they didn't have last year. So I think the Braves are going to win the East. I think the Mets will win 33 games and finish second. I got the Phillies at about 32 wins, and then the Nationals finishing under 500, and the Marlins being terrible. What do you got? Okay, we're in agreement on the Braves. The Braves have won the division back-to-back years. They have scary good young talent. I actually think they have been underrated. They were last year, and they stuck it to a whole lot of people. And yeah, the Freeman thing scares me. Hamels and bicep tendonitis. Fulton Evans and lack of velocity. Too much young talent. I'm not picking against the Braves. I'm picking them to win the division. I see where you're going with the Nationals. Hangover. Historic season. But normally, Evan, when you talk about these teams that have a hangover, right? Their starting pitching is run to the ground. And they got to pick it back up February, March, right into April. Right. I think the layoff for Scherzer and for Strasburg and for Corbin is really going to help them. And look, do I think the Nationals are going to the World Series and winning the World Series this year? No. Do I like the fact that they have a couple extra games against the Baltimore Orioles? Yeah, I think they're going to win those games. And it's 60 games. Guess what? That could make a difference. Running those three guys out there out of five days consistently, assuming they're on the mound, it just gives you such a big leg up. Now, Jake, your boy, is the best pitcher in the NL East. He's the best pitcher in all of baseball. The Nationals, though, have a much better one, two, three to me than anybody else in that division. The Mets, the Phillies. Yep, no, I agree. Uh, the Braves, you yep, name it. Yep. I think that winning close games is going to propel them to second place barely. Now, I say this, Evan. I have the Nationals, the Mets, and the Phillies. I feel like I'm splitting hairs between all three of these teams. Right. Like, if you wanted to order them Phillies, Mets, Nationals, sure. If you wanted to order them Nationals, Mets, Phillies, sure. If you wanted to go Mets, Phillies, Nationals, whatever the order, it doesn't matter. I think these teams are that close. And I would have the Mets ahead of the Nationals if Noah Syndergaard was pitching. But he's not. And I have concerns in that Met rotation after DeGrom, what now? Because I'm not the biggest Marcus Stroman guy in the world. The Mets do not have a great infield defense. He does not miss a whole lot of bats. Porcello, I know he's an every-other-year guy, but now all of a sudden, he's not taking advantage of a National League pitcher hitting. <laughs> right. Now all of a sudden, he's not going through some of these bottom-feeder teams, and he's going to be seeing the Yankees again. He's going to be seeing these other teams again. So I, I don't know. I like the Porcello signing, and now I'm kind of like, eh, I don't know what to get out of Rick Porcello with this schedule change. Matt's, I think we kind of know what he is. The mid top of the rotation. I think the lineup is good. I think the bullpen will be better. It can't be any worse. But their rotation outside of Jake, Evan, it scares me a little bit. I, you know what's funny about the Mets? I, I thought last year the Mets and the Nationals were very similar, right? They both have this very good top of the rotation. They both have terrible bullpens, and they have okay offenses. I think the Mets are completely different now, and we'll see if it's enough for them to win the division or make the playoffs. They've got a great ace like you laid out with Jake. The rest of the rotation is suspect. You're not wrong. I mean, I can't sit here and compare the Mets and Nationals rotation anymore, especially the top three. It's not close. But here's where the Mets may have changed. I think their lineup, in part because 
Now J.D. Davis is looked upon as a really good bat because Pete Alonso is looked upon as, hey, the guy had 53 home runs last year and because Jeff McNeil looks legit. Coming into last year, we didn't know about those three guys. Well, we knew none of that. We knew none, we knew of, none that. of that. And you're right. The homegrown Mets now have changed the identity of this team, and I think it's very important. Bingo. Uh, are you one of these guys? We haven't had this discussion. Are you buying that Cespedes can give no. you a big 60 games? I'm I'm, I'm not. I'm not as gung-ho as Joe is and other Met fans are. But I think that the lineup itself is just very deep. And if Yoannis is, you know, half as good, he doesn't have to be the Superman he was in 2015, the Mets have a very deep lineup. And that's different than the way it's been. Their identity has sort of changed. I don't know what Robbie Cano is going to be. I know he shouldn't be Can hitting third. Can not hit him in a three spot, but Of course. I don't want to take any more calls on it because I can't fight him on it. It's embarrassing. No, nah, it's stupid. And you know, listen. That is not a Luis Rojas decision. You guys could ask him about it tomorrow. If you think Luis Rojas is responsible for hitting Robbie Cano third, you're not paying No, he's not because we've seen another manager do it. It's not like he's the first one to do it. We saw Mickey do it most of last year, but... Look, I think Robbie's going to be better. I'm not saying he's going to be the Robbie Cano of five years ago. Can't be any worse, dude. Well, that's can't be any worse. That's a good way to look at it. The the point is the Met identity has changed. They've got a great ace. Eh, rest of the rotation. They have a chance to have a very good lineup. They have a chance to have one of the better lineups in the National League. And I can't believe I'm saying this, and maybe I'll regret it. They also have a chance to actually have a really competent bullpen. You know, if Diaz and Familia bounce back, and we've talked a lot about how bullpen arms are very unpredictable. So the Mets have a chance to be good, but for very different reasons than how we thought they would be good a year ago. A better lineup, a better bullpen, and a rotation that's not the strength that we saw or we thought it would be a year ago, mainly because Syndergaard was average last year, and then obviously he's not going to pitch this year. So... I think the Mets have a chance. I'm not overly optimistic. And again, I, I wrote down the win totals, and I have them at 33, which is right around their over-under. I think it's 32 and a I half. I think I put them at 33 wins today myself. Okay. So we're exactly on the same page. I said they go over, and they barely go over. That's, that's where I'm at. Right around 33, I think the Braves will win 36, 37 games and win the division. But when I wrote down all the win totals... What we have to keep in mind is that with fewer games, there is a much greater chance of ties. There just is. You know, over the course of 162, think about all the playoff tiebreaker games we've had over the last two decades. We get it pretty often. Remember a couple of years ago, we had the double tie in the NL Central and the NL West? There is a really good chance, especially in a year in which they don't even want to travel, that we're going to get a lot of ties. And so when I wrote this down, I have the Mets and the Cardinals tied for the second wild card spot. So why the hell not? Wouldn't it be perfect in a year in which, you know, baseball doesn't want to have that much travel that the Mets and Cardinals play a one game playoff. The winner then goes to Arizona to play the Diamondbacks in the wild card game. And the winner of that goes up to LA to play the Dodgers in the division series. So Look, you're getting wacky already. Getting wacky. I love it. Getting wacky. I love it. And I, I'm going to get even wackier. You ready for this? I had a dream. I had a dream two weeks ago. I don't know why I had this dream. I had this premonition. And I started thinking about you. And I started thinking about Lugie. And I started thinking about a lot of these Met and Yankee fans that hate each other. And I started thinking to myself, I got this weird feeling. I I just, I got this weird hokey feeling. Don't say it. Don't say it. Subway series? I got it. 20 years ago, it happened. We're going to have nobody in the stands. Wouldn't See, I don't, be... I, Evan, call me crazy on this. I, now, listen, the stress level is something I just, for one, don't need. <laughs> um, but number two, 
I don't want to see a Subway series in a year in which none of us can be a part of it. You know what I mean? Like, we could be a part of it to some degree, like, but it's not the same. I'm not you know saying I mean? it is. Like, I, I don't want, if there's going to be a subway series, I want to pack the house, you know, like I but, want it in a normal year. But JJ, you're, you're missing it. I'm not sitting here making a prediction that I'm rooting for. You know, if I, if I was making a prediction I was rooting for, I'd say the Yankee, uh, the Mets against the, uh, I don't even know who I'd pick, but it wouldn't be the, the Yankees in the world series. Or the Minnesota twins. You'd like that. I don't, I don't even know. Honestly, somebody, but not the, I wouldn't pick the Mets against the Yankees in the world series. Cause I'd have stress levels on it too. You want to tell me the big, the more, there'd be more stress on you. I understand you're the Yankees, but it's not lose for you guys. Yeah, I but, know a championship. I know you haven't seen one, but like you lose that series. You're expected to lose. Yeah, but bro, here's the, here's the thing you're missing. Okay. As much as the Yankees losing to the Mets is the end of the world for you. I understand that. I get that. Oh yeah. But do you know that I still carry and we still carry the scars of 2000? It's not as if, oh, we had nothing to lose. The Yankees were better. Just live with it. I still think about Paul O'Neill's at bat. So it's not as if, oh, it's no big deal to lose to the Yankees in the World Series. But, you know, you hit on something. You said, I wouldn't want it this year. I'd want people in the stands. That's a part of why I kind of oddly think it's going to happen. That in this crazy year, we're going to get something that would be so special for the city, but we wouldn't be able to experience it in the way that we did 20 years ago and in the way that we should. And the Mets are dangerous if they make the playoffs because they've got this dominant ace who's proven he can make a big start, as we saw back in 2015. And we've seen the Mets both in 2000 and 2015, in years in which they were clearly not the best team in the National League. They weren't. Get hot at the right time. So, I don't know. I'm going nuts this year. I'm going a little crazy. I think we're going to get a Subway World Series. Why the hell not? A Yankees-Mets World Series. Well, I'm not going that far because I have the Mets <laughs> on the outside looking in with the postseason, and I'm surprised that you didn't go with this particular team. I thought we were going to have the same World What's Series. What's that? What's that? I'm going the distance, Evan. I'm going the distance. With the who? Cincinnati Reds <laughs> are going to win the National League pennant. And maybe it's because I don't want to pick Yankees, Dodgers. Right. I don't want to be basic. I, I want to give you something different. I get I'm you. I'm going to give you the Yankees. I, I want to find your team in the National League. I can't pick the Braves because I don't love the pitching, especially come playoff time. Right. I think that could be a problem for them like it was with the Cardinals last year. Um, and the Reds have a team that if they get into the playoffs, Bauer, Castillo, Sonny Gray. Yeah. I can't believe I'm saying Sonny it. Gray at Yankee Stadium in the Can World you Series. <laughs> so no crap. I'm going to get real frisky here. Yankees, Reds, a rematch of the 61 and the 76 World Series. And let's hope, Evan, it is far closer to 61 and 76. Oh, and, and all, they also played in 1939, if I'm not mistaken. I think that was one of the Joe DiMaggio 106-107 win teams. So they've played them three times. And they swept them in 39, by the way. So... You got two out of three so, so far. 39, 61, good. 76, not so much. Yeah, 76, not so much. That would that'd be something. That would be absolutely something. I think in a way we're both going out on a limb here because after the Dodgers, who we, look, we all agree. If we're sitting here saying who are the two best teams in baseball, it's the Yankees and the Dodgers. We all know it. But a lot of weird things happen on the way to the World Series. Look what happened to the Dodgers last year. I mean, look what happened. They lost in five to a Nationals team that, you know, won a wild card game to even make the playoffs. If it's not the Dodgers, who is it? And that's where it really gets opened up. If it's not the Dodgers, is it 
St. Louis, Cincinnati, Arizona, the Braves, the Mets, the Phillies, the Nationals, the Cubs. You can make an argument for a bunch of teams. And so once you say, I'm not picking the Dodgers, like I did with the Mets and you're doing with Cincinnati, it, it just opens it up to you know, who? It could be anybody after you get past L.A., you know? Well, and it's fun from a betting value standpoint because I'm getting the Reds, Evan, basically like 10-1 to win a pennant. Mm. I mean, that's great value on a team like that. I'm getting 10-1. to I let it ride. Now, the Dodgers is such an overwhelming yeah. favorite. That's why these National League odds, even more so in the American League, I, because the American League, at least there is Houston, who is this the, like formidable foe to the Yankees. In the National League, after the Dodgers, any of these teams you pick, you're getting juicy odds on them. And I would love to pick the Phillies, by the way, to make the playoffs. I, I can't do it with their pitching staff. And yeah. I think they'll be better with Joe. I think Girardi will do a great job in getting the most out of that team. Deedee there, lineup steeper, pitching is a problem. Big problem. It's funny when you look at the odds in the NL, the Dodgers are one, like you mentioned, they're such a heavy favorite. After that, it's this order. Braves, Nationals, Mets. So your prediction is going out on more of a limb. It's close, though, than mine is because I got the Mets at 11-1 to win the pennant, and where I'm looking now, the Reds are at 13-1 to to win the pennant. Oh, I like that. Even better. Even I better. fifty, so that's even better. <laughs> so... I, I, you got to admit, though, wouldn't it be amazing 20 years after the fact with nobody in the stands that we have Subway Series, World Series Part 2, Mets-Yankees, and you freaking out because you'd be so nervous. Oh, my God. I'd be beyond nervous. I, like I said, uh, I'll take that kind of nerves again in my life, but uh, I, I don't know. <laughs> I, I don't know. Like, I'd be biting my nails every night, uh, every night. Just like being in the World Series. Remember, the Yankees haven't been in the World Series now. In over 10 years. So, like, just being in the World Series oh, again God. is going to be nerve-wracking against the Mets to boot. Oh, jeez. Man. It, I'll tell you this. It'd be, it'd be good for all of us at WFM. <laughs> it would be something. That's, Very good. Well, I, I guess I'm also part of this. Because, look, like we talked about, if we're just picking the best teams, it's the Yankees and the Dodgers. You have this choice. Do you want to get a little crazy when you're coming up with a World Series pick? I think a part of why it's popped into my head is we have been so starved of sports over the last four months. And the joke has always been, boy, when it comes back, it's going to be amazing. And we're going to see it in the next few weeks with NHL playoff games in the middle of the day, NBA playoff games, regular season games, middle of the day, and obviously baseball. Wouldn't the perfect capper to all of it be the Mets against the Yankees in the World Series? And even if we can't go, I think by the time we get to October, we're going to be used to the fact that we're watching baseball games in empty stadiums. Hey, I'm already there. I'm already cool with it because it means we have baseball back. I'm already to the point, Evan, where even even though I think the cardboard cutouts are ridiculous. I mean, I think see, I don't mind they, that. They're good for charity. Listen, they're making money. I, I'd rather see a tarp. I, I just I, I've seen them on the Korean baseball games. They just you so, know they're out to they they're just very hokey. You know okay, I mean? so look, I'm usually against hokey, but I'm going to tell you why because Joe agrees with you. You both think the cardboard cutouts are hokey. Here's why I think you guys are wrong. I was looking at empty stadiums, whether it's Yankee Stadium recently or a few other of these exhibition games I've been watching, and there's something very eerie and just kind of quiet about nobody being there. And then the tar point that you brought up, I was watching what Wrigley Field looks like. Have you seen what they've done to the outfield, the outfield bleachers? They've no, covered, I haven't actually. Bro, they covered it with these advertisements and tarps, and that's worse. I'd rather see Well, the Yankees fake fans. have done that, too, in the outfield. Not all of their bleachers. I noticed that the other day with the Yankees, too, that they covered up some sections. You'd really rather have that than just, 
Look, I'm, I'm not. Yeah, I don't mind it. I, I, uh, I really don't. I, I don't. Because I know we can't go anyway. You know what I mean? No, like, I know. It's, 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 look, we know we're not going, and I'm okay with that. It's more what visual do you want to look at. And the cardboard cutouts aren't that bad. And look, it's not just the Mets doing it. The L.A. Dodgers are doing it. And when Mookie well, Betts hit a home a run. cardboard cutout of you, <laughs> then, then maybe, maybe I'll be more receptive to it. Okay? So once you see me, you'll feel better about it? Yeah, at least I'll know I have a familiar face that I'm seeing. I, I saw one of Brody. Nobody, I'm used to watching Mike behind home. Yeah, I know. So, you know maybe, maybe they should get Mike. If they get uh, Mike at Yankee Stadium, I'll uh, warm uh, up to they, the idea. They offered me the cardboard cut out. I said, no, thank you. Okay. I said, I'm not interested. Maybe next time. But Would they like to do JJ instead? <laughs> would you fan. want that? Would you want a cardboard cut out of yourself? I don't know. I'd get a kick out of it for a game, and then I'd be like, this is ridiculous. Yeah, I, look, I, I think we're dealing with something where there's no right answer necessarily or there's no wrong answer because there's nobody in the crowd. But I have not been bothered by it. One thing that jumped out at me, I was watching some exhibition. I was watching Texas against the Rockies for about five minutes. The fake crowd noise actually bothers me more now than the cardboard cutouts. It feel, That feels fake. See, I don't mind it. It's weird on television, on radio. I thought it was great. I had John and Susan on Monday driving back from around right. the golf. And like when you're in the car, Evan, hearing the crowd noise felt normal. It yeah. felt really normal. Maybe it, maybe when you're listening on the radio, it doesn't feel as fake as when it feels on. T- it just feels fake, especially the one I was watching in Arlington. It just, I don't know. They actually started pumping up the crowd with two strikes. I was like, ah, come on. Yeah, I don't need that. Uh, I don't need that. I don't know. But either way, you've got the Yankees against the Reds, a rematch of 39, a rematch of 61, a rematch of 76, and I've got the rematch of 2000, the New York Yankees against the New York Reds. And by the way, let me just point out, I do think the Yankees will then win the World Series. You know, it's not like I got the Mets beating the Yankees. I think we'll get there, and then we'll have our heart broken for all of us Mets fans out there. See, if that's the end result, <laughs> then you're okay with it. Two weeks, but yeah. I'll take it. And by the way, my playoff teams, yes. not as wacky as yours with the, the ties and whatever. I went Braves, Reds, Dodgers, Nationals, Cardinals in the wild card game. And I have the Cardinals winning the wild card game. I'm not sure where the ties are going to be, but there will be at least one tiebreaker game that's played. I just think the math is on your side. When you're only talking about a 60-game season, it's just easier. It's more likely for there to be some kind of tie, whether it's for a wild card spot or for the division or what have you. And look, baseball hasn't talked that much about it. There's going to be a hell of a lot of travel come playoff time. And keep an eye on the format for the playoffs. I would not be surprised if they turn the division series into a 2-3 format, which they've had before. They obviously had it in 95. Yankee fans certainly remember that. First two games at Yankee Stadium. Last three games in Seattle. We had that in 2012. Yankee Orioles series. First two games in Baltimore. Last uh, three at Yankee. went to game five. That, that Yankees team uh, didn't exactly inspire, my friend. <laughs> but that would not surprise me in the first round. I don't love it, but I get it from a travel perspective if they're trying to cut down on it. Uh, we'll also see where we are as a country with this virus come October. But keep an eye on what they do for the postseason because I wouldn't be surprised if they try stuff like that. Yeah, because why would you want to have additional travel at that point? Makes e- no sense. Exactly. Well, JJ, thank you very much for doing it from, doing it with me. It was a lot of fun. Evan, ton of fun. And listen, Yankees Mets Subway Series. I'll be the first person thinking of you if it happens. (laughs) John Jastrzemski, thank you for listening to this edition of the Evan Roberts Podcast.